Shut that dang music off. Hello and welcome back to Never Made Varsity. I'm still concussed and you can find me at Colby Complains, all one word. Did you forget your name? I did not. Do we need another reevaluation? <laughs> I'm concu- back to, pro- or to back to the concussion protocol. For you. <laughs> I never left. I was expecting a dramatic pause. Like I'm concussed. Colby. <laughs> <laughs> all one word. <laughs> all one word. I'm David. You can find me on Twitter at d underscore river underscore o. It's your boy Maverick. You can find me as always at heartbreak two underscores kid. Colby, you've been concussed for what, a week and a half now. Yes. Jeez, just get I over th- it. I think, <laughs> I, I think you've milked it more than I've seen anyone ever milk any injury ever. Sure, I'm milking it. I am Jewish star menorah, young dreidel <laughs> menorah, Jewish star, also known as Aaron. And you can find me on Twitter, festively, at Aaron P. Friedman. <laughs> oh, we're going by that. I'm O Christmas Dave. <laughs> I have Christmas trees by my name. I am concussed Colby, but all the O's are turkeys. <laughs> Um, we have a guest this week, just four of us. Back to the original squad. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. The podcop. Of the podcop. I don't know how to say that one. I don't know. What was last week's trivia question? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So, last week's trivia question. Since 1983, there has been only one NBA team that has never shot under 30% in in a game. We're going to start... Asking easier Twitter questions, uh, easier trivia questions. Y'all got to do better. Yeah, I know I ask <laughs> hard questions, but like, I guess they are pretty hard. That one was pretty hard. That yeah, hard that one. one you'd only know if you browse our NBA, which I actively browse. <laughs> uh, anyways, the answer is the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks and six. <laughs> as far as I know, they did not shoot under 30% this past week. They did not. Then. That trivia question is still correct. <laughs> um, all right. College football playoff rankings. Yeah, so last Tuesday, the college football playoff rankings came out. Our top four, as it stands, are Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Bama, and Georgia, with the t- um, back to looking in Ohio State and Oklahoma. But that will not be the case on Tuesday since Ohio State got molly whopped. Molly whopped. They got. The belt. <laughs> <laughs> the champion of life belt. It was real bad. It was 55 to 24. From so Iowa. <laughs> you see, we're doing it for other teams this week because we lost our bye. So. We did not lose our bye. There was no one that got a season-ending injury this week. So I would count <laughs> that, that you know as of. a solid <laughs> that win. That you know of. That you know of. Well, Deshaun Watson got a season-ending injury, but. all right so what do we think about the rankings as they are without talking about what happened um yesterday so i just thought that alabama would get one just based off of name i was really surprised that the committee just straight up gave georgia number one i thought it made sense to give georgia number one i just didn't think that they would do it I didn't think they would either, but looking at Bama's schedule, they haven't beaten a team that's currently ranked. No, they haven't, because they've beaten so far Florida State, which we now know is booty, not a good team, Fresno State, Colorado State, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Tennessee. I would just like to point out, Arkansas almost lost to Coastal Carolina yesterday. <laughs> Are they not to... in the bottom 10? They uh, might be. I think so. And then um, they just beat LSU, so that's the first ranked team that they've beaten, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, Georgia's played a lot better competition this season. Uh, they scraped out the really close victory against Notre Dame. Which is in the top yeah. four now. 
So, I mean, in terms of strength of schedule, I think they're ahead at this point. But then they're they're most likely going to play in the SEC championship. And I, at this point, like with what happened yesterday, which we'll talk about later, Georgia's going to lose, and they're probably still going to get in the playoff just because of their. It's going to be a quality loss. Well, we can talk about that in a second, but let's get Aaron's thoughts. Hmm. Interesting thought. First of all, I don't know if I would give Georgia that L yet. They are a very good football team. But second of all, I'll be honest. Like I thought this before Ohio State lost. Like I don't really care about what the rankings are at this point because I would like to take us back to October twenty eighth, twenty fourteen, when the first ever college football playoff rankings came out. The top four were Mississippi State, Florida State, uh, Auburn, and Ole Miss. And one of those wow. teams made the playoff. Oh, wow. Well, I feel like it's a little bit different because there's there are a lot of SEC teams in this in these rankings. Georgia and Bama don't play each other, right? They wouldn't play each other until until the, the SEC championship game. Yes, yeah, and so. then November third, twenty fifteen, the first college football ranking two years ago. Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, Alabama. Two of those teams made it, and then November first, twenty sixteen, one year ago, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, A and M. Two of those teams made it. So. I just don't I, see anyone else that I, – I can see Clemson losing in the next couple weeks. It, well, let me look at the schedule before I mean Because, like, they could drop one to South Carolina. Like, that's a rivalry game, quote-unquote. Throw the records. You know where to put them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, I mean, but they're playing – like, they're playing Florida State, the Citadel, and South Carolina. So I don't expect them to drop any of those, but if they do, like, it wouldn't particularly surprise me, especially about how they played against NC State. Not that NC State's a bad team, but, like, they played a little closer than I thought. Like, way closer than I thought they were going to. I forgot to start the stopwatch. Of course. <laughs> I just want to say that the U is back. Will you stop no, they saying are not. that? <laughs> the U is back. The U is going all the way. They don't look good. Well, we'll find out next, next week. week. <laughs> because they play Notre Dame. <laughs> Now that I could actually see, I could see Notre Dame dropping that one. Did y'all get to watch any of that game? No. Which one? The um, the Miami BT. Yeah, no, we. Just, I didn't know. We were just watching scores. Um, there. Okay, Miami's defense admittedly looked great. Um, they put. They were still forcing turnovers. They're still doing all that stuff. Turnover chain. The offense. They're struggling. They're still struggling a lot. Like the two of those touch. The two touchdowns that they got in the second half, if I remember correctly, um, they both came off turnovers that put them in really good field position, which you can win games that way, but I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it is either. If your whole offense is based off of your defensive, your defense's ability to get turnovers. <laughs> 2015 Panthers. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> Florida Gators right now. We know how that's yeah. turning out for them. It took them, what, three games to get an offensive touchdown? Mm-hmm. And now Jim McElwain is out of a job. You can go back to taking pictures on top of sharks. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so, okay, I think, Aaron, wasn't it you that said that if Wisconsin wins out that they would make the playoffs? I think so. I think that's absolutely crazy of you to say. I think that's absolute crap. <laughs> Just because it's another conversation where it's a team that hasn't played like anyone, anyone of merit. anyone. Well, Here, but if they if they win the Big Ten championship, then that means that they'll it's be them beating. or Notre Dame. Assuming Notre Dame also wins out, and you look at Notre Dame's wins right now compared to if Wisconsin were to win the Big Ten championship, we I would, would assu- take Notre Dame at this point. It'd be assuming that they would beat Miami, yeah, which is a way better team than anyone that Maryland is or not Maryland. Wisconsin has played like mm-hmm. 
on their schedule at all. The closest thing to decent competition is, I mean, Michigan, maybe Iowa, I guess, because apparently Ohio State. <laughs> I don't know if it was more Ohio State or Iowa that <laughs> was the issue. I think it was a mix of both. Ohio State didn't come to play, and Iowa did. Like, when I say they got the belt, like, <laughs> they got the belt. <laughs> yeah. I had just gotten out of the movies, and I was, like, scrolling through, like, the 330 scores, and I thought it was a typo. Like, I, no, I it was really shocking when I see. saw. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they wasn't ready. So I just, I just think that if you have an undefeated team from a major conference... How do they not make the playoff? Because of their schedule. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't just uh, schedule cupcakes in your non-conference and then have nobody. I mean, like, I get it. They don't make their conference schedule. Give but. me a second. I'm going to pull up a team's non-conference schedule, and we will revisit this. Which I'm just telling you. I'm just telling just you. a team? I'm not going to say. Let me, okay. Oh, are you doing blind resumes, really? Here we go. Here's who, here's blind who, resumes are Hold important. on a second. Here's how, who, here's who Wisconsin has played. Utah State, FAU, BYU, Northwestern, Nebraska. And of their non-conference, FAU was the best game there. Yep. Purdue, Maryland, Illinois, Indiana, and then they have Iowa, Michigan, and Minnesota coming up. I think they'll drop one, (laughs) honestly. I just don't think that they're a good team. Even if they don't, like, okay, so... Not that, they're, not that they're not a good team. They're not a playoff team. In the Big Ten Championship, they would play Michigan State at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Michigan State's, what, a two-loss team now? Yeah. yeah. I would take TCU over Wisconsin is what I would... I would and I would take Notre Dame over both of them. Notre Dame, Notre Dame yes. now okay. has win, Revisiting. Like, State, you have wins now over Virginia Tech, possibly over... Uh, oh, I forgot. Now, who are they playing again on Saturday? Miami. Miami. And, I mean, they're playing more ranked opponents than Wisconsin has. Okay, so revisiting this non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Florida State with a healthy quarterback for one quarter. Fresno State, Colorado State, Mercer. You're saying that's not a cupcake non-conference it's schedule? It's not as cupcake as what Wisconsin's schedule. They, they, tri- they tried with Florida State. Yeah. It's not their fault that Florida State's terrible. Yeah. It's not is Wisconsin's that, is that fault. Bama? It's, yes, that is Bama. Yeah. It's not Wisconsin's oh. fault that the Big Ten they've played is terrible. Bama also the Big, has the a Big terrible. Ten, the Big Ten West is horrible every year. That's not Wisconsin's fault. Bama also has a terrible strength of schedule. Like Bama's, yeah, but they're the pollsters' darlings. If you, That's if you, Bama. if you did completely blind resumes with Bama and Wisconsin, I. I just don't see how you put one in and not the other. Not saying that Bama and Wisconsin are the same caliber of team because I don't think they are. (laughs) But I think Wisconsin deserves a spot in the playoff. But like, do okay? So you, if things hold to form, Wisconsin deserves a spot in the playoff. So you're telling me you're telling me you would take Wisconsin to beat Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, or Clemson? No, but exactly. Then they don't deserve to be there. That is the end of it. (laughs) That's the end of it. But the playoff, the, the, the playoff isn't choosing the most talented teams in the country. It's choosing the teams that most deserve to but be if they in the have playoff. The, but if they have the stronger strength of schedule and the be, and they look be, like if they pass the eye test and they have the better uh, strength of schedule. We cannot do the eye test in determining you know playoff that, you know, teams. I'm you not know sure if I agree that. with you there, Aaron. Yeah. I, I think well, the, What were the margin of victories between these teams? For okay, Wisconsin? We'll Utah State, they won by 50 points, 49 points. FAU, they won 40 by 17 40. points. 
BYU, they won by 34 points. Northwestern, they won by 9 points. Nebraska, they won by 21. Purdue, they won by 8. Maryland, they won by 25. Illinois, they won by 14. Indiana, they won by 38. Again, nobody of worth. I it's not. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying that they don't have it. I just don't think they're a playoff-worthy team. I think the playoffs should be the four best teams in the country. Then why does the regular season matter if we're only going by the eye test? I'm not saying it's just That's the eye not test. Well, but, but I'm saying that if it's, if it's the best, just the four best teams in the country, then you're opening it up to a lot more criteria and making the regular season matter a lot less. I'm just saying that if you, I would not pick Wisconsin to beat Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Oklahoma, or TCU, or even Miami. I think if the goal is to, at the end, have the best team in the country, you need to have the four best competing there. And throughout the 12 to 13 games, that's how you find out who the best four teams are. I'm just saying that even though Wisconsin is on, I would not take Wisconsin just because they're undefeated. I would take but, a one. If, I would if, take a better. Notre, I would take a better Notre Dame team over a undefeated with a better one loss Notre Dame team over a undefeated Wisconsin. If you're going for the best teams in the country and you have an undefeated team who's from a major conference, then by definition, there's no one who's better than okay, them. You're throwing out major conference like that. Like there's well, because, trash teams in well, there. No, but I'm just saying that <laughs> that like an undefeated UCF isn't. Going to be in that same level of conversation as an undefeated Wisconsin. I feel like you're undercutting your own argument. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> All I see is I see a one-loss Notre Dame team that is honestly better. It they just have an L, one L across the board, and that's the only to difference. To Georgia. <laughs> yeah, to a good team, and that's the only difference they have to Wisconsin. And... That's in in that terms, I would put Notre Dame in every single time, and that's assuming that Notre Dame beats Miami. Yes. If, my, if Miami beats Notre Dame, the big thing is we still have one or two weeks to go before we actually start really putting the big four together, and I'm sure that will start becoming more clear in the next few weeks. We haven't yeah. said any, we haven't said anything about Oklahoma, yeah, and they're five. Oklahoma squeaked out a win against Oklahoma State. That's it another one where the rec- records don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> It, it just take a lot for me to see Wisconsin actually getting in that top four. There would have yes. to be some other teams. Lose I think they out. need some help. Yes, I'm not saying they're not a, a good team. I'm just saying with how this committee has worked the past couple of years and how I predict it's going to go, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, even if they end up undefeated. And I think the Big Ten is kind of hamstringing themselves, like they're just kind of all eating themselves. And now yeah. between Ohio State, Penn State. I think it's all going to work out in the end. Of course well, you say do. this. Wisconsin drops one of these games. Do they make the playoff? No. You're so quick to drop it by losing one game. What's the difference really then? Because like I said, we're saying that it's a weak schedule to begin with. Because if it, they drop a game with a weak schedule, then they're showing that they're not elite. But if they're winning every game, then they don't, they're never not showing that they are elite. I feel also, like that's a fallacy also, by, also, by proving something by not being able to disprove it. Also, something that I think that we've seen over the past couple of years that the college football playoff committee values immensely is winning a conference championship. Yep. And that would be big in Wisconsin, making it hypothetically over what would probably be Notre Dame. Also, I don't think that two SEC teams are going to make the playoff because two teams from a conference have never made, haven't yet made the playoff. 
Granted, this is the type of year where they could. I was about to say because if Georgia and like I said, like we already said, Georgia and Alabama both make it to the playoff game, to the SEC playoff game, and if it's they a both close make one. it undefeated, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was. I was making the assumption that they would go undefeated and make it to the uh, respective championship game. Like, what do you do then? How good is Clemson? I don't think that they're that good. I don't think and so. They could easily drop another game. I'm not sure. Like I said, I think I still need one or two weeks before I really start nailing things down. Uh, Just in terms of like teams of like Oklahoma, Wisconsin, there has to be some miracles, in my opinion, to happen before there's actually any chance of them making the playoff. I just that loss to Syracuse is just that's that's going to like I get they didn't have Kelly Bryant. I don't think Syracuse is that bad though. It's not not even that they're that bad. bad. it, It just showed some weaknesses. Like you, even though even if you don't have Kelly Bryant. On your like, you lost your quarterback. I understand that, but you still should not lose to a Syracuse team. Like, Who do they have the rest of the way? They have Florida State, Citadel, and South Carolina. Dub and rivalry game. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be one of the people that votes on for the playoff because it, it's probably stressful enough. <laughs> yes, that's Let a me very do hard job. <laughs> I would not want to have that job. Let me have it. And it's like. And <laughs> You know, Oklahoma. If, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. If Clemson didn't lose to Syracuse, would you say they're in the playoff right now? Yes. Let me let me, let me pull up their schedule home before I make any rash judgments. Because they have two good wins. Yes. Because they beat they beat Auburn and they Virginia beat Tech. State Virginia Tech. Oh, they did beat Virginia Tech. Oh, look I didn't at that. notice them. The beginning of the season stretch is really good. I'm struggling to remember who all they beat, but Kent they beat State. Kent State. Yeah, that's right. a juggernaut there. Auburn, Louisville, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Wake hey, Forest, Boston College ain't no joke. Syracuse, Georgia Tech, NC State. The okay. Atlantic is weirdly strong this year. Okay, but I just want to point out that you were mocking their non-conference schedule, but you weren't saying anything about Wisconsin's. I mocked one team. You said, oh, that's a I juggernaut said, right said, there. You want me to pull up Wisconsin's I non-conference I said, again? I said Auburn was a good win. Oh. I gave them credit where credit is due. Okay, Aaron. <laughs> So we'll see what happens in the coming week. I'm excited to keep having this conversation. As this is fun. <laughs> this is better than talking about Carolina football, I think. Oh, yeah. 100%. Are we going to pick our bandwagon teams now? Like, do we get to... I would like to bandwagon Georgia. Uh, if not Georgia, then I would like to bandwagon... Well, Clemson's already my second ACC team, so... Okay, go for it. All right, Maverick? I'm an Irish guy, so let's go with the Irishman. <laughs> I think it's clear where my bandwagon lies. And you're not going to make the playoff. <laughs> bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to go <laughs> just like this Browns bet. Is On gonna Wisconsin. Go. <laughs> Bucky Badger. We're going to go for brown bag number two. I don't think that's a brown bag bet. Um, UNC football plays Pitt next week on Thursday. Yeah. L. Um, moving on to the NFL. <laughs> um, that's all you can really say about it. So the Browns were on a bye. We lost. <laughs> uh, I in spirit. I am. The fact that we haven't cleared out our front office yet is embarrassing. That trade at the deadline that that might for, be one of the most hilarious things I've ever for, seen. You want to tell us the story of the trade? Yeah, sure. So for those who don't know, iconic. Tuesday was the trade deadline. On Monday, Sashi Brown, the Browns GM. Ironically, his name, last name is Brown. I never realized that. Uh, Sashi Brown, he went home from work at 5 p.m. the day before the deadline, which is a problem in and of itself. 
But then, on Tuesday, the day of the deadline, the deadline was at 4 o'clock, and we had reached a deal with the Bengals to trade a second and third rounder for A.J. McCarron. And that's not a great trade, but, you know, like, if you like a guy, go out and get him. And we were celebrating the deal, but too bad for us, while we were busy celebrating, we forgot to send in the documents making the trade official to the NFL. <laughs> it's funny every time I hear You can't make this stuff up. And somehow, and I thought the pan- Jimmy Haslam hasn't cleared house yet. I, I, anyone that makes the Panthers front office look good. <laughs> it's fantastic. I just so let's talk about the trade deadline for a bit. Um, Jay Ajayi, what's the Eagles? The Eagles. Yeah. What are the Dolphins doing? Um, I don't. I know. don't know. They really... just mortgaged the rest of their season. Pretty They're much, in the yeah. playoff hunt. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I, let me check I don't the score right now. Him he was on pace for twelve hundred yards. He's probably still yeah. on pace for twelve hundred yards after today. Mm-hmm. I, I, Did he, I think I believe he scored today. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. fifty-three or something like that yard touchdown. Yeah, so he's not as gross. Like Eagles should be celebrating because they got a heck of a player for what a fourth rounder. I think. Yeah, yeah. that's not that a they were. Steal. Th- I mean, they had they had Legarrette Blunt and I think Clements at running like some other running back who scored three touchdowns today. Mm-hmm. But JHI is a good running back. Yeah, he is. Now they have. He can I w- football. Really I would well. make the, I would make the case that at least this year that Carson Wentz is an elite quarterback. He's playing like an elite quarterback this year. He's playing well. He's playing well. He's leading the league in touchdowns. He's playing well. He's playing well. He's oh playing smart. God. He's playing. He's a smart quarterback. He's playing. He's shifty. within himself. We got to get into some playoff action. And he hasn't played a hard enough. Just he saying. hasn't played a hard enough schedule for us to call him one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Cupcakes. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> Bang. I just Gims, think that he's doing. He's well. playing well, and I'm I'm excited because I'm I'm excited to see these. Who they players. played this week? They what? played the. Um, it was Denver. The Broncos, yes, and, and they they, they dropped a fifty a ball on down. them <laughs> on that defense. Brocktober is already over, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a rapper. <laughs> so also, what happened to your Panthers? Trading away Kelvin Benjamin. Okay, here. Here's my thing with the KB trade. One, I can't ever wear that jersey again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wore it for the first quarter. We were down to nothing. I changed into my Smitty jersey, and we won the game. Secondly, um, I'm not that upset with trading away KB. I'm more upset with what we got back. I was going to say the exact same thing. I We could have gotten more value for him than, what was it, a third rounder and a seventh rounder? Yep. We could have done better. I think we could have done better, too. I think we sent him to the Bills because there's a relationship there. I just... And not to... The Panthers North. Obviously, it worked out well. I mean, not worked out well, but, like, we won today, so I can't do too much complaining. Mm -hmm. I just think, one, we could have got more for him, and two, I don't know if it was the right move right now. Why don't we do a trade like that? We're willing to give up a second and third rounder for freaking A.J. McCarron, but not willing to give up a third rounder and a seventh rounder for a, a physical stud yep. when when our best wide receiver is Kenny Britt. I mean, you can make the argument that Kelvin Benjamin has, like gets lazy on his routes and his blocking and stuff like that, and he makes like boneheaded mistakes. But at the end of the day, he's a big wide receiver, that a big possession wide receiver that, I mean, is at least there for you to throw it up to. But today... While one drive while we were in the end zone, I told um, my partner Carla, who's in the corner there, "Hey, babe, 
She waved. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, this is one of those times I miss, I'm going to miss KB just boxing out a defender and going up and getting one. That's a part of um, Funches' game that he's going to have to improve upon. I still love Funches, though. I love I, the, I love seeing Funches as wide receiver one. Um, the Patriots traded away their only <laughs> backup yeah. quarterback because Tom Brady's indestructible. I read today that the 49ers <laughs> asked Bill Belichick if he was willing to trade Tom Brady. <laughs> Shoot your shot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you can't get a no unless you, you can't get a yes or a no unless you ask. It is no shame November. <laughs> yeah. mm. One thing I would like to point out with the Panthers is that, uh, the run game was huge. Not just for us, but for uh, the defense, because they held Devontae Freeman to 46 yards rushing. Um, and I believe that's only they, only... they held the Falcons to 53 total yards rushing, and we had over 200 yards rushing. Once again, it's Once again. when the Panthers rush for more than 100 yards and... And hold the other team to less than 100. We, <laughs> are, we are a run-first team. No matter how good you want to say that Cam is or how bad you want to say he is. We are a one, we are a run first team. When our run game is going, we win games. If not for bench, if not if not if not, yeah, I was gonna say it. If not for Jonathan Stewart, we probably would the score probably would have broke it open a little bit more. Yeah, we probably would have won by a little bit more. Um, because as we know, Jonathan Stewart had two fumbles, two costly fumbles. Mm. Um, I would just like to point out that the Falcons also blew a ten point lead. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite a twenty-eight-three lead, but it's, no. it's it's up there. But you know, can't uh, Christian McCaffrey had sixty-six yards rushing and twenty-eight yards receiving. I feel like this team is turning into more of a horizontal team than a vertical team. I'm fine with that, and that's okay as long as everyone stays healthy. As long as we do keep moving the ball down the field, because blocking is key in those in the horizontal offense. Yes, um, but I mean, we would throw those swing passes to Christian, and he would. Just work, and that's I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, Titans, beat yeah, the Ravens, yeah. I mean, we came out strong at first, and we like Baltimore seems to have done this a lot this season where they've came back in games, uh, but they had to get an onside kick. We were up three, we ended up recovering, they didn't have enough timeouts. We ran out the clock, we won. But I mean, it's good to see Marcus Mariota back, uh. He had 218 yards passing, uh, touchdowns to Rashard Matthews and Eric Decker's first touchdown as a Titan. Uh, Derrick Henry also got a rushing touchdown. It, we're also a run-first team. When our running game is strong, we're going to win games. Um, but the big shout-out, and this, both this week and last week, is to Kevin Byer, who is our safety. He's had five interceptions in the past two weeks. Uh, he is. It's tied for the most as an NFL player in consecutive games since ni- the ni- the merger in 1970. He had three against the Browns, and he had two today. Other storylines from around the NFL. Um, one big one that I just wanted to touch on, or two. Um, one, the Chiefs sliding. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they started off hot, and now they're kind of spiraling a little bit. I wouldn't say spiral yet. They, they but. This game today was winnable, to bring back oh, one yeah. of those words. And the Cowboys got that one away from them. I, I throw away Thursday night games. I'm, but I'm just saying, like, they looked, they looked dominant at the beginning. They looked like the clear Super Bowl favorite. Mm-hmm. And now they 
look a little vulnerable. But none of these have been bad losses. I think they can still get it back on track. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that they're going to like lose every game to the end of the season, but, you know. It's a little reminiscent of the 2014 Browns, where we started out we started out 6-3 and three and ended the season 7-9. and nine. Yeah. And then also, you were the Cleveland Browns. Staying with the Browns, there is a big storyline out of Cleveland that Josh Gordon was reinstated by the NFL this week. Right. He's eyeing a week 13 return. I'm so excited for him. He's good. He's good if he stops smoking weed when it's illegal in the NFL. The weed. Duh. (laughs) I'm actually optimistic this time around. Last time around, I predicted that by week two he was suspended, and he was suspended week one, I believe. But now it seems like he actually wants to get back and play football. And when he's on the field... He is a monster. He's almost uncoverable. He could lead the Browns into the promised land. I'm calling it in four weeks of play. He's going to have 1,000 yards and 16 (laughs) touchdowns. In other news, A.J. Green tried to choke slam (laughs) Jalen Ramsey. He he took him to Suplex City. Not only did he try and choke slam him, but he threw some uh, some hands, too, which I never understood. Every time I see Punching a helmet. Punching a helmet. (laughs) Why would you punch a helmet? At he least snuck up behind him, he pressed square for the stealth attack, and <laughs> took him down from behind. <laughs> At least Woody Hayes, when he punched the guy, tried getting under the face mask. Yeah. Also, um, was it Marcus Lattimore and Mike Evans on the Saints and Bucks game? He there came in some, like a rocket. <laughs> there were some tempers flaring in, um, in the NFL this week. Yeah, because he pushed Jameis, and then Mike Evans came flying out of nowhere and just straight up shouldered him. In the Cardinals-Niners game, there's a little bit of a scuffle there, too. Three players got ejected. <laughs> a brouhaha Thanks, sorts. Carlos Hyde. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird week in the NFL as far as conduct. Nothing beats when Marshawn Lynch started attacking his own teammate. <laughs> <laughs> he protects his bras, man. <laughs> and uh, just your uh, weekly reminder that Jameis Winston is mediocre, if not less than mediocre. I am so done with James Winston. He is on my fantasy football team, and I I cannot get over how much he is inconsistent and sucky. So I didn't watch this game, but I'm looking at the boss score, and their leading pass, passer was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's still yeah, in the yeah, NFL. Yeah. Um, James still there? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he's I, still in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. What? <laughs> um, who do the Browns have next week? The Lions. I'll give a CL. <laughs> Safe prediction. We got the Bengals. We'll see how that goes. I mean, they've been they underperforming better. this season, so hopefully I think we'll be fine this week. We have the Dolphins on Monday night. Um, With no running game to speak of for them, I feel like it should be fairly one-sided, in my opinion. We sh- One would hope. I said the same thing against the Bears. Let's hope it goes our way this time. Yeah, they don't have much of a in the way of an offensive line, which one thing, um, which is weird with the Dolphins, they keep drafting high pick offensive linemen, and that line still hasn't come together yet. Nope. Because, you know, maybe one offensive lineman says the N word one too many times, which is once. (laughs) and another one just happens to be like smoking k2 in his (laughs) draft video and then their offensive line coach um (laughs) snorts some white powder (laughs) talking to his 
companion. Yeah. Um, the strangest offensive line in football. Companion is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> so the Panthers defensive line, who's looked dominant in the past couple of weeks, should should win this game for us. But we will see. I'm just looking at that 201 rush yards like a proud father. Like, oh, they did it. <laughs> proud of you, son. Long-term prediction coming, week 13, when Josh Gordon is making his return. We play the, the Los Angeles Chargers, and last year they are the one team we beat. I'm thinking that if we win a game this season, that's our chance. <laughs> Taking down Billy Berrios. Stop. <laughs> All right. Um, we won some ACC championships today. Yes, we did. Just <laughs> adding to our trophy case. And it is 12 minutes until we find out where field hockey is playing next weekend. Ooh, we'll get some live reactions. Aaron, do you remember the total of ACC championships that uh, North Carolina has? Yes. So this is actually going to be a mini trivia question this week. Carolina now has 230, no, 206, 267, 267. ACC championships across all sports as of today. The second most school has 130. Who is that other school? You could tweet it at us. You might get a shout out or a handshake. Yeah. Tweet it at us right now at the end of the show. We'll tell you the answer by the end of the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is live, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, women's soccer and field hockey both won ACC championships today. I love this university. <laughs> We're so good at sports. I know. <laughs> also, to make it even better, we had a Carolina graduate win the New York Marathon, and she was the first American to win it in 40 years. Oh, yeah. So it, we're, we're just, just, we stay winning. <laughs> it's a good feeling. We're yeah. living our best lives. Yeah. Per Adam Lucas, it was we have 267 ACC titles. Uh, Virginia has 130. Oh, okay. Well, there, well, there the goes answer. the trivia question. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't listen to this part. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So um, Aaron and Mav today went to the Jamboree, um, the basketball Jamboree. Y'all want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, We had pretty good seats. Yeah. There was all like 10 students in line. And like they came out and asked people, like, does anyone want to be in the risers? And there was like. They nodded. No. Not really. <laughs> no. I'm like, I'll take center court instead. So we got nice seats, like four rows back from center court. Uh, it was a really fun event, getting to watch all the teams play. Uh, it was us, ECU, UNCG, uh, UNCW. and UNCW. But uh, former Tar Heel coaches, Wes Miller, uh, who played on the 2005 championship team, C.B. McGrath, who was our assistant coach last year, and Jeff Lebo. Uh, who played in the 80s for Carolina. It was a really good family experience, once again, showing the, the family environment that Carolina basketball creates. We had some guys that looked good and some guys that looked bad. In the last game that we played, Andrew Playtech, he showed out. He was three for three from deep, and he had a few clutch defensive plays, showing flashes of my boy Deli out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the three different periods where we played each team. Uh, the second one we actually dropped to UNCG. Uh, it definitely looked rough throughout that sequence just because they were also playing several of the Frosh and the bench players. So we really couldn't get into a rhythm. Uh, but at the same time, we came out in the final game against UNCW, and we put on a show. Everybody was 
Uh, you could tell that Roy probably said something to him after that second period because uh, the person that stood out to me finally was Cam Johnson because the threes were falling finally. Unlike the last exhibition game, uh, he was on fire. I believe he only missed one three. He was probably he was you, four for five. Four I believe. for five on the day, and it was really good seeing those fall. Uh, Brandon Huffman is Joel James part two, I believe. After we lost the second scrimmage, the basketball team left out from the opposite tunnel that they usually go to, and we are conspiring that they went straight to the practice facility and ran a couple laps. Yep. <laughs> that is our theory at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't. Because West Mills group put the work on them in that second game. I mean, it looked, like I said, it was the younger players playing. Like, not much of the starters came in. They didn't enter until the like the last part of the game, really. And they played a little bit at the beginning. But but even then, when the starters were in, it, plus minus, was, they were at least at the end. They came in with about a minute and a half left. Down, no, more than a minute and a half, like yeah. two and a half minutes left down, five points. And we lost by what, eight? It was eight or – I think it might have been double digits, actually, because there was just some garbage baskets at the end that inflated it a little more. And granted, it's a scrimmage. Yeah. And they're it, trying out different lineups. Theo yeah. logged some minutes at the point, but it's not – it's not encouraging. It's when still, you, when, it's still when your starters are in the minus against UNCG. Yeah. No, it's still giving us a look at like how these players are going to be once we start getting the regular season games. The biggest thing, I'm, it's really just starting to become a reality for me, rebounding is not going to be the same for this team. I mean, you can't replace Kennedy Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, Tony and Bradley. Tony Bradley yeah. in the same year. It's really, it's really hard to do, mm-hmm. asking these uh, up-and-coming bigs to give that same kind of production. I mean, So the guards are going to have to step up. Yeah. Yep. Someone who had played really well defensively was Kenny Williams, and I mean he got several boards. He did that also in our last exhibition game, uh, so maybe someone like that stepping up. But rock hands and trying to tip the ball out for rebounds—that's been happening a lot in those games today. Uh, and something's got to change, I think, if we really want to be a competitive team again and go back to a national championship. I think we just need experience. I don't think we looked bad. We just didn't look great. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of the guys that we have on the team, yeah. it's just the more they play, the better they're going to get. And I think that the team needs to gel a bit together because we have eight returners and eight new players, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think, I'm think i pretty sure it's eight new players, but I can't remember the returners. And so <clears throat> we're almost, if not half of the team is new and they just need to play together to get to know how we work. By the time we get to ACC play in um, late December, January, we will be battle-tested. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we perform in those games. I think we're going to have some ups and we're going to have some really down-downs. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this team responds. Joel Berry is the glue that holds us together. Guy. He was out there warming up today. Yeah, He was shooting exclusively lefty. And... Granted, he wasn't going at full speed, but it was incredibly smooth for a righty shooting with his off hand. Yeah, you couldn't tell that he was a right-handed shooter by his form. Like It looked just as if he was shooting with a dominant hand. And he said that he's using this as an opportunity to improve with his left, and it seems to be showing. Perfect Carolina insider. Yeah. Um, Before we move on from college basketball, I would like to point out that uh, Wendell Carter from Duke uh, (laughs) proclaimed that they would go undefeated this year. Bet. Bet. Okay. 
<laughs> I I bet I would bet you money that Coach K had a word with him after that interview. <laughs> I don't think that tweet's going to age well. It's not a tweet. He did it, he did it in a, in a post-exhibition interview. Bruh. Didn't he not even play in that exhibition? Wasn't he suspended, suspended. for violating team yeah. conduct? Yeah, that, I believe that was Trayvon Duval. That was Trayvon Duval, yeah. They had two other um, freshmen that yeah, were Yeah, they also. had three it wasn't that were him, suspended. Though. I don't think he was one of them, though. Mm-mm-mm. Bet. Oh, would you say that there is going to be more Duke losses or more players that Grayson Allen trips this season? <laughs> Good question. He says he's changed his ways and he's more mature, but I'm... Didn't he say that after the... Or, like, right before the next time that he trips somebody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's coming. It's the warning signs. <laughs> we'll see. Got to look for the red flags. The kid, I believe, has already ruined his draft stock. It, oh, most definitely. He's going to be playing in China by the end. By I, ironically... Duke opens their season against Elon, and that is one of the teams who uh, had a player tripped by Grayson Allen last season. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. So keep your eyes out. Elon players, if you're listening to this, keep your eyes out for some feet flying. (laughs) All right. Um, Colby's movie corner. I'm pulling up that stopwatch. Um, I was not at um, the band competition yesterday. Um, so I went to the movies to see the Ragnarok. How much time do I have? How much time you want, baby? However much you want to give me. <laughs> uh, I'll give you two minutes. Okay. Actually, I'll get, since it's a new movie, I'll give you three minutes. Okay. I might not need that long, but I'll just finish. That's fine. Finish. And go. All right. So, yes, yesterday I went to see Thor Ragnarok in IMAX 2D. Um, yeah, 2D. It was, um, (laughs) (laughs) you mean just a regular, no, it was IMAX, but 2D, regular IMAX. You could have just said IMAX. You could have said said IMAX IMAX. 2D in the ticket. You're running out of time. Anyway, um, I saw it with, um, earplugs in, um, because it was really loud. Did that affect your viewing experience? No, no, it did not. Um, I did use the earplugs to block out some trailers, um, for Star Wars and Justice League and Black Panther. Um, I took the warning. Anyway, um, Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi, um, who also acted in the movie. Taika Waititi is um, a relatively new director. I think this was his fourth or fifth feature film, but he's um, really known for his comedy, and you can really see that in this movie. Lots of lots of jokey jokes in this one. Um, it's by far the best Thor movie. Um, the first Thor movie. Low um, bar. Very low bar. <laughs> low bar to jump over. Um, but it cleared it by a mile um dark world sucks in the first one i don't even think it had a name with it but um it was also terrible (laughs) um characters thor great loki great as always um anthony hopkins um playing somebody who was supposed to be odin um was also great anthony hopkins is a great actor i can't wait until um westworld comes back um kate blanchett as um the big bad in the movie she was feeling herself would you say that she was hella she was hella. She really was. She was feeling herself the entire movie. Carla laughed at that one. <laughs> she was like strutting her stuff, like walking towards people, knowing they were about to die, and it was great. Um, Jeff Goldblum was at his Jeff Goldblumiest. I, I heard. I heard it's just literally Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum. It one hundred percent was, and it was amazing. It was the funniest. Um, one of the funnier parts of the movies. Um, music, um, because, you know, I do the music stuff. Um, they use pure imagination oh, in cool. a part of the movie that was really clever. Um, um, going with like the 
fantastical world of that movie. It fit in really well with the um, with the vibe of the movie. The immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, they used that song in the trailer. They I'm, gl- also- I'm glad they used it in the movie twice. Twice. <laughs> twice and at first it was gratuitous um but it really works with the theme of the movie um yeah. so um I, the second time i was like really are we doing this again but by the end of the movie i was like oh, i get it that works that works okay um all right i'm a lot of high praise for this movie but i did have a couple problems um one of the things that's like my biggest pet peeves in the movie is exposition um doing exposition poorly and they had one time they did exposition great and I was like, yes, this is how you do it. It's how you keep me engaged while still telling backstory of a movie. One time they did it, it was kind of a, oh, you don't even know what happened. And then I was like, okay, find a better way to put exposition in this movie. And the second thing, um, jokey jokes. There were a lot of jokey jokes. Maybe too many. A little too much? Maybe a little too many jokey jokes. Um, there was one part um, that was like a really sincere moment in the movie. And I was like, oh, don't tell a joke, don't tell a joke, don't tell a joke. And they told a joke. Uh, Joss Whedon, when he first started the Marvel Cinematic Universe, his um, kind of idea was, um, oh, no, I'm going to finish this thought anyway, Uh, (laughs) was um, be serious, um, be grounded, do all those things. But for God's sake, tell a joke. Um, I feel like the past couple, like five-ish Marvel movies, only heard the last part of that. <laughs> the last Dear part God, of that theme. Um, there's been like a lot, a lot of jokey jokes. Um, but it was good. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, 8.65 out of 10. Where did you pull the 0.65 from? <laughs> I would have got, I would have bought 8.6, but you went 8.65. Do you have a rubric for your ratings? Or is it just, is, you, it the, is it the eye test? Could you not round up? I swear, if you look at me, it's, <laughs> you're so snarky today. <laughs> It's the eye test. He's just cranky. You're just, you're just crapping on my bandwagon team, and I'm offended. <laughs> He's cranky because the I've Cavs been, can't I've win. Been, I've, been a, I've been a dedicated bandwagon fan of the Wisconsin Badgers for the past hour. Okay. And in that time, no one has disrespected my team as much as you. Is <laughs> <laughs> someone cranky because the, the, the Browns lost a bye and the Cavs can't beat anybody? No comment. <laughs> the Nets. They lost the Nets, the Hawks, and the, the Knicks. Knicks. The Knicks, the Nets, and the Hawks. It seems like if you want to have your get right game, you just play the Cavs. <laughs> anyway, here's the symbolic alarm ringing. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. All right. On to Twitter questions. Let's cool. Let's do it. Um, our first Twitter question or Twitter topic from um, at Real Kenzie Cook. Um, wants us to talk about the marching band meeting the circus. Um, this week we performed two shows at Carrie Band Day. Um, nice. we being everyone at this table except for me. Um, so how'd that go? First run was a little rough. It was kind of a circus, you could say. We. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Because we, we had to adjust to the, the hash, hash marks. Yes, hash marks, hash marks, hash marks. Because college hash marks aren't like hash marks for in high I school. I was wondering fields. about that. So how how did that? So impact the basically, show? the hash marks are four steps closer towards each other. Like no, four steps closer to the sideline. Closer sideline. Sorry, I went the wrong it, way. In high school, it divides the field into even. Thirds. Even. There we go. Yeah. Except in Texas, where the co- the high school hash is the same as the college hash, as it should be. 
yeah, so that was an adjustment. And then just being on a high school field, being on grass instead of and being on grass with a, a little hill in the middle yeah. with the numbers worn out on yeah. a field where close to 50 bands have performed that day. Yeah. So it was an adjustment. Um, and you know that we performed the third movement of that show, which we had learned Thursday night, Thursday night. And we performed on Saturday. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was very good for now, how little time we had to learn it. Now, the second run was about 20 million times better, and I don't know if it was because of the energy or, like... There was definitely the, a lot more energy in this. Yeah. It's, but also, again, we I think we definitely, like, took more into account the different hash changes, and, I mean, just made getting, the form yeah, better. Just getting a second crack at it. I miss that feeling. You know, it was really funny uh, because... I miss that feeling. All the drum majors were walking up to, the, to where we were entering the field, and we were like, is anyone else a little nervous? Are you nervous? <laughs> kind of get kind of anxious. And they're like, yeah. I was like, we're not even competing. <laughs> Why are we anxious? And it was like, oh, because we've been ingrained over four <laughs> years of competing for marching bands. Like, we're supposed to be like, we're, we're like anxious. Like, it's kind of like a subconscious feeling that we're getting. This was my first ever band competition. <laughs> That's funny. I heard that a couple times from a couple people. Reminded me of that because we have been ingrained because we're all band kids. While I was watching competition, it just reminded me of all my pet peeves of band competitions. Like, here we go. Rule number one, bands should not rehearse on the field before they perform. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I can't stand yes. that. Such a jerk move. Number two, I hate judges that walk on the field. I can't help that. Bit. Plow them over. Oh, yeah, plow them over. But, like, if they get out of my way, I don't really care. Number three, and this is, this is a debatable topic, voiceovers during shows. Now, I get, like, in terms of introducing a song or things, but, like, these narrative-driven, pre-recorded things i think they're hit or miss and a lot of them at this were like muffled and i didn't understand they were saying and i just i I, if i want to hear a sermon i'll go to church on sunday (laughs) i don't know what the rules were for y'all's competitions um but for the circuits that we um competed in the rule was the circus (laughs) you competed circuits oh okay i was like circuit you competed in a circus (laughs) the circuits that we competed in was that everything had to be like musical so like you had to like physically press like a key on the keyboard to make to start the, the, audio, to start yeah. the voiceover. Um, so that's how they circumvented that rule. Mm-hmm. I think that was the same as the ones that I did in high school. And then I really had four. The, my last one was just extra microphones. If you need like five different microphones across the field to amplify your sound, then you are not embracing the crank. Like s- soloists or? No, not like soloists. Like across the band field yeah, in terms to sense. amplify the sound. Oh, like no. I get like a soloist microphone. Or like yeah, the front ensemble. Sense. Like making the front ensemble yeah. make sense or the soloists yes. or something like that. But, but like across the line to no. just amplify, embrace the crank. Play louder. Crank Play louder. it. No, about the voiceover thing, that's just the direction that marching bands have been headed. Yeah. Just it's, because of DCI mm-hmm. and how it's become more of a theater thing than a... Uh, like a marching band, like crank it out with sound kind of thing. Now it's all space chords, dance, space chord, dance. Like, yeah. so. Hey, my Apollo 13 show my senior year was great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, honorable mention was electric, electronica in shows, like synthetic stuff, like pre recorded. Shout out to, I think it was Northwood maybe that had like, like these like Disney light parade. Things coming like out, like the giant trees. Yeah, they were yeah, like, those were and cool. they like, there were LED lights, and they would like change colors and flash and stuff. It was crazy. It was wild. Something that I thought was interesting from the 
announcer for us that was reading the script was that he said the greatest show on earth, the circus, instead of the greatest show on earth, the marching Tar Heels. That's what, I thought he was going to say the marching Tar Heels, but that's what I was expecting. I, that, those, that's some high expectations. It's like in commercials when they say the leading brand when talking about other brands. <laughs> um, I miss the feeling mm-hmm. of competitions. Like, just, like, the rush of, like, being ready to perform and, like... It was really fun, especially for the night performance. Like, it was dark, and we had the other bands cheering us on as we were, like, warming up, and we had a really fun, like, Oh, no, Cadence warm-up. was really fun. Yeah, Cadence was fun. Like, everybody was into it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, the trumpets are kicking. What is this? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And even when we were rehearsing, like, we had... Uh, Josh Potter, James, not James Potter, not like Harry. Josh Potter, Potter. <laughs> it's like Harry Potter from um, from Providence High School, um, who wrote, who co-wrote the Blue and White, um, come conduct it, which was really nice. Um, that was fun. And just rehearsing it, uh, I think the running joke was hit somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Greg because that's his response yeah. to everything. <laughs> he told the Trumpies, he's like, wake up and hit somebody. It's Carrie Band Day. <laughs> yeah. So it was a good time. It ran kind of long, and it was kind of crazy being there for, like, eight hours. And I was literally in a Starbucks, like, dead inside for about six of those hours. The Trump out, the Trumpets had a cookout in the Harris Teeter parking lot across from the high school. One of their, our Trumpets, our, her parents actually, like, brought their RV and a grill, and they had a giant cookout for us. And it was just absolutely amazing. That's funny. Oh, I'm, yeah. glad y'all, I'm glad y'all had a good show. That's nice. That's good to hear. Anything else? No, that's that's about it. All right. Next topic from Adam at a shine house wants us to talk about the World Series. Baseball. I didn't watch any of it. Baseball. Would, Would you, you like watch to turn your mic off? Uh, from what I gathered, Game 7 was a letdown, uh, considering how crazy the rest of the series had been. Um, they were, I feel like everyone expected the Dodgers to make some sort of comeback at the end of it, and it just kind of flopped. Not that that matters. Like, congrats to Houston on winning. If you believe in momentum. Um, the momentum was not on the Dodgers side after like the I, third inning. I know you no. don't believe in momentum. I Boma. don't believe in. Momentum. No, you don't, Bomani. <laughs> <laughs> after George Springer's home run that put him up, uh, was it five five nothing? Yeah. yeah, that's when I was like, I think it's, this one's it's cooked. about over. Yeah, I just would like to shout out Cameron Mabin, alumnus of T.C. Robertson High School, for winning a, the World Series. We now have, I believe, two alumni that have won World Series, both him and uh, Darren Holmes. I mean, I honestly, coming into that series with my little knowledge of baseball, I expected the Dodgers to win that series, but I also am not the person to talk about baseball with. Yeah. I mean, I think something that Aaron talked about in his corner was how Verlander wasn't going. I think he, I have to give him a lot of credit. I think Verlander showed up throughout the entire playoffs I mean, he showed up in the World Series as well, and he helped out the team a whole lot. But I think the big like stars of the series was George Springer, who had five home runs. He was he's in uh, a very rare group with uh, uh, Chase Utley and Mister October in terms of home runs in a World Series. So and then uh, Jose Altuve and Altuve. Was Altuve, absolute, sorry. He's a, Can you tell I didn't watch one game of the World Series? <laughs> My dude's like under five seven, but he packs a punch. Do you guys oh, yeah. Re- do you guys remember when when uh, Aaron had a corner? Yeah. No. Rest in peace. <laughs> I would like to bring back one of my famous statistics 
I guess this is a new one, but I'm bringing back my famous correlational statistics. You're. <laughs> 13 out of the last 14 teams that have had Joe Buck uh, announce their league's championship series have gone on to win the World Series. And he alternates every year, so. The blessing of Joe Buck. Oh, God, I hate Joe Buck so much. Joe Buck. He's gotten better in recent years. No, last year he was awful. For baseball or for football? Baseball. And I don't watch for baseball. He was out. awful. But <laughs> so, anyways, early pick. If the Indians don't win it all next year, then I'm going to say it's an NL team. Because Joe Buck called the AL this year and the Astros won. He called the NL last year and the Cubs won. And <laughs> that means next year he's calling the NL. So if the Indians don't win it all and break the streak since 2011, I believe, when Texas lost the World Series, if the Indians don't break that streak, then it's an NL team that's winning it all this year, this coming year. Brandon Wheeler at tar underscore wheels wants us to talk about hockey. No. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have I could not, not give watched less, one I, minute of hockey. I could not give less of a crap about hockey. I I'm also sorry. have not watched. I've watched zero hockey so it's far. It's really cold. Hit somebody. <laughs> Did you go to the hockey game on Wednesday? No, I had to work on a paper. It was the day after Halloween. I was not going to go to a hockey game. Um, Question from at Molly Waybright. She wants us to talk, have a 30-minute full-on debate about when it's acceptable to start celebrating Christmas and or Hanukkah. Thank you for including Hanukkah, Molly. <laughs> I'm not accepting this question because Molly's I'm going to keep it real nice and short. November 1st is the start of Christmas season, and that's when you can listen to Christmas <laughs> when music. When is Molly mean to anybody? Molly's so mean to me. <laughs> she said I wasn't a real drum major. <laughs> Yikes. We want Katie. <laughs> Katie, if you're listening in Madagascar, we miss you. Come back. <laughs> Um, I like to observe Thanksgiving. It's not that I don't like to observe Thanksgiving. Yeah. I feel like Thanksgiving is just part of Hanukkah season. <laughs> <laughs> Show me one example of Thanksgiving music. Have you um, ever heard Adam, Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving song? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I just feel like I don't think Thanksgiving that is... Yeah, cr- Jingle Bells is a Thanksgiving song. Prove it. Okay, give me a second. <laughs> I just feel like Thanksgiving is part of the... Is Thanksgiving is basically Christmas without the presents and Santa and it's turkey themed instead of like I don't know do you all have like ham on Thanksgiving? What's Thanksgiving? Uh, uh, sorry, long uh, as there's not sorry, pineapple Christ- on top. Sorry, Christmas. What's what's Christmas food? For feel, me, it's well, Chinese it's, it's food. different because like I'm I'm Latino, so it's like lots of rice and lots of we eat turkey on Christmas and there's. Lots of we make plantains, um, tostones, and all that stuff. We don't discriminate. We do turkey and ham for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, we also do spaghetti for Christmas Eve for, as that meal. I just feel like Thanksgiving is like a second-rate Christmas. From the little I know about Christmas, here we go. From the Wikipedia page. Oh, because that's the most reliable. Jingle Bells one of the best known and commonly sung American songs in the world. Skip, 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 skip. Although originally intended for the Thanksgiving season. And having no this connection is the to Christmas, Christ- and having uh, no connection to Christmas, it became associated with Christmas music in the holiday season in general. Decades after it was first performed on Washington Street in Boston, in eighteen fifty-seven, that comes from Snopes. I would just like to invoke my music uh, music ed degree and say that you cannot uh, infer composer intent. Also, 
I, I was going to say that the, you with authorial <laughs> intent. <laughs> Edumacation at this, its finest. This is, getting, this is getting into the same vein as the GIF-GIF argument. It's GIF. So I then, prefer so to think if, of Jingle Bells as a Thanksgiving song. If you think that it's I know, I know you what you're about to say. GIF, then you think that Jingle Bells is a Thanksgiving song. You can't have one and not the other. Boom. But I get to use arguments to my own benefit and ignore the rest. So, because <laughs> that's how my logic works. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, also li- the, I'm listening to Christmas music starting November 1st. I wore a, I, I wore a, what you think about it. I wore an ugly Christmas sweater on November 1st. Also, it's slightly different because that dude's still alive. <laughs> so once he dies, we can call it whatever we want. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I'll go like, I'll try to abstain. I'll start calling it a jeef. <laughs> a jife. A jife. Why are you just you're a removing yourself from all sorts of joy and happiness no, 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 no. by listening to Christmas music? I normally try to wait until because I want to keep the Christmas season like as special as possible. Yeah. So I just ca- want to like <laughs> I want to pack it in there, but then like by like November fifteenth, I'm like it's uh, all just capitalist propaganda. My sister's birthday is November seventeenth, and around that time, I'm like, oh, it's going to be that time, and then I start listening to Christmas music. And believe me, I'm a reasonable person. I at least wait till after Thanksgiving dinner to put up the Christmas tree. Yeah, that's oh fair. yeah, one hundred percent. If I you have, put up, I what rel- kind of monster are you? I have a relative that puts Can't up the Christmas tree after Labor Day, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> She has a specific section of her house devoted to Christmas, and it goes up after Labor Day, and it's white. We have two Christmas trees. Why? Fake tree or real tree? Fake. Fake. Because I'm it's not, easier. I'm going to deal with bugs in my house. No. A fake tree. I, um, we put one like closer to like the window facing the street for like everyone to look at. and then we Is have, that like, the prettier one? Yeah, it's also the one that fits in the window. And then we have one, like, seven-foot tree uh, in the living room to put presents under. We light a real menorah in my house. But are, we are also, there fake menorahs? Well, there are ones where it's, like, light like bulbs instead light. of yeah. candles. Uh, because then you, know? you don't have to worry about burning things, and you don't have to worry about buying candles and matches. But usually, like, your temple will send you candles right before Hanukkah. Mm. I wish my temple sent me candles. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not really a response for that one. <laughs> Are you shook yet? Uh, I, I just don't know, really know how to respond. <laughs> Annie wants us to talk about family holiday traditions. If y'all want to talk about that real quick. Uh, my family's tradition is to make 20 pounds of rice. It's a lot of rice. I don't know if it's actually 20 pounds, but it feels like 20 pounds. Ooh, I have a question. <laughs> how long do Thanksgiving leftovers, how long do you oh, live off of this? It's a lot. And they always shove it on me and my parents. They always give it to us. And there's been some years where it's we've had leftovers for like two weeks. Same. Yeah. It, uh, dude, that mac and cheese. The mac uh, and cheese always gets me. The mac and cheese comes home. Yeah. Because mom makes it, and so it's coming home. At my family's Thanksgiving, they just, they bring, someone's responsibility is to bring Tupperware containers, and they just, everyone gets an equal portion. That's funny. And so it lasts probably, well, it depends on your family size, but it'll probably last us a week. I have two big things. One, I have my usual UNC Clemson jargon with my family because it's a family divided. I have family that went to Clemson, 
and then I have family that are Tar Heel fans, and so that's always fun to talk about around that time. It's better than most political conversations at Thanksgiving. And then Yikes. secondly, uh, after Thanksgiving dinner, when we're putting up the tree, my parents put on uh, Elvis Presley's Christmas music, and we do that as we watch the tree and usually try to get Santa Claus on the TV to watch that too. Uh, it's a really fun time. I want to bring back when I was a little bit younger, by a little bit younger, I mean like 10-ish years ago, so not too young, we would play like games like Apples to Apples or something like um, a party game like that with my family, and it would always get way too intense, and I miss my competitive side, so I think I'm going to try to bring that back this year, see if we can end some relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Are we talking Thanksgiving traditions or like Hanukkah Christmas traditions? Either, because we do that both. So for Thanksgiving, similar to Mav, my dad's side of the family is half Ohio State, half Michigan. So that's a contentious time of year. Yikes, that's even worse. Wow. Yeah. That's, that and must be intense. <laughs> yeah, like my grandma, my aunt, and her children uh, all went to Michigan. And my grandpa, my dad, my mom, and all a lot of my cousins uh, throughout the other side of my family. And extended family on that same side of the family went to Ohio State. So it is a very tense time of year. Um, for Hanukkah, my mom's side of the family, we the, uh, the people in my generation, so my cousins, we have a gift exchange with each other where we get randomly assigned someone and get them a Hanukkah present, which is nice because especially now, well, some of my cousins have lived in Florida their whole life, so we don't get to see them very often. And now that a lot of us are college age and we don't get to see each other very often, it's nice because that's a way that we get to stay in contact with each other. And also, on my dad's side, we've done this every year for at least 18 years now. We make Hanukkah cookies at my grandma's house. And we do it now, even though the youngest one of us is 16. And it's fun still. And then on th- on Christmas, like any good Jewish family, we go to the movies and have Chinese food. <laughs> I always find that hilarious. So while you were talking, I was still on the Jingle Bells You're Wikipedia page. You're still on the Jingle Bells thing? And you know the crazy frog? Uh, the frog with like the weird... Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, <laughs> did you mean Jingle Bells slash you can't touch this? the cover of the song Jingle Bells and You Can't Touch This by Crazy Frog. Did you mean that? I did not mean that, <laughs> but now I do. There was, was a 2005 song. Um, it did not know. chart. <laughs> no. What? Uh, actually, it did chart. What? Number one single in New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand, what is you doing, baby? <laughs> oh, no, baby. What right is, after my what humps. What is you doing? My humps my came, humps. and it and this overtook my humps. Wow, that's impressive. Anyway, that, can that anger. be the can that be the name of this episode? <laughs> overtook my humps. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, while we were talking about holiday traditions, the field hockey bracket was released, Ooh. and we got a top four seed. So we are hosting the first two rounds. Wait, is it the first two rounds or is it? Yes, it is the first two rounds because it's at campus hosts. Yeah. So in the first round on November 11th, which is Saturday, we play St. Joseph's 
If we win that game, then on Sunday the 12th, we play the winner of Virginia and Princeton. Oh, dear. So it's, wow. it's picking up really quick. Yeah. Who, who else is in our potential, like, playing path? And then if we make the Final Four, the, we would play the number one overall seed, UConn, oh. presumably. They are the only undefeated team in the country. They were number two this week. Like, before now, even though they were undefeated, they were number two. I wonder if it has to do with their strength of schedule. Um, actually, the field hockey has to do with points scored. UVA doesn't like us, right? But we we beat them pretty handedly in the ACC tournament. So, But they don't like the field hockey band, I mean. No, they don't like us because we apparently play too long into their corners. I'll get over it. Trivia recap. We had a perfect round of six degrees, and we beat the trumpets. I call that a win. Proud of you. Really? It, I mean, Eat those dubs. Eat those W's. Eat those dubs. <laughs> <laughs> um, trivia question this week. I can read it because Aaron looks confused. I'm just looking at the Focky bracket right now. <laughs> I'm thinking about stuff. Um, so, this week's trivia question. In the 1800s, Carl Wunderlich got a number by averaging over a million readings from armpits of 25,000 patients. What is this number? If you know the answer, tweet at us at NeverMatePod. Um, Aaron, you had a weird thing happen to you this week. Yes. So, on Halloween, I was dressed as the Sad Browns fan. I had a Tim Couch jersey that I taped over the sea so it said, ouch. And I had a paper bag over my head with a frowny face. And Mav and I were walking along Franklin Street near the end of Halloween. And we saw the basketball team walking around. They had this guy with a camera following them. And B-Rob had a microphone and he was interviewing people whose costumes he liked. And he looked over and saw my costume. And he like sprinted over to me and was yelling, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel. And he asked me how the Browns were, and I said, re- or how I feel about the Browns, and I said, really bad. And then he asked me if he could reveal me to the fans at home, and he did. And he ripped off my bag with the whole basketball team. And then in the video that came out, they memed me they into put your, lasers put, shooting out of my eyes. They put dramatic music to the unmasking and then put lasers. <laughs> it was really funny to see from a distance. So... We will post the link to the video on Twitter if you haven't yet seen it. And it's all the picture of me with the lasers is my profile photo on Facebook because I'm embracing it. And then on Friday, when I was getting the basketball team was giving away tickets for the Jamboree in the pit. And I saw Garrison and Brandon Huffman and they remembered me as the Browns fan. They're basically your best friends now. Yeah. So I'm in with the basketball team. Great. Anything else from this week? My doctor emailed me during the uh, during the podcast, and she said, if I have a headache tomorrow morning, then go ahead and come in, and we'll see if we can figure out something to make that stop. Um, but if not, just go to class and, g- and figure out from there. That's go to I'm class, <laughs> Carolina student. Jesus. That's my weekly concussion Milk- update. Milking concussions. Condu- concussions for <laughs> getting out of class. Um, so, anything else? Going once. Going twice. Uh, so, if you want to find us, you can find us at nevermadevarsity.podian.co. Leave us a rating on iTunes. This week's five-star rating comes from Shrek, titled, Wow, I Have Been Enlightened, 10 of 10.
<laughs> we are glad. That's a perfect review. Um, anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMatePods. Thank you, Jake, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jake, for the theme music words. And we'll see you next week. Let me get uh end of the podcast. Boo boy. <laughs>